0: It's one thing to think that you have etheric support beyond the veil. And it's another whole thing to have a powerful, mystical, embodied knowing that you have all that support. And today, Sunny Dawn Johnston is here to tell us about her own journey of near-death where she realized that the angels were helping her to heal. Join us to find out more. So Nectar Show The Soul Nectar Show You're invited, delighted To discover who you are Anything is possible if you believe So join us on this beautiful journey Soul Nectar Show Before we start this episode, I, Carrie Hummingbird,
1: and I, Akeem Sami,
0: want you to know that
1: you are invited.
0: You're invited to to join join Soul Nectar Nectar Tribe.
1: If you like what you hear on Soul Nectar Show,
0: you will love being in person with us in Soul Nectar Tribe.
1: We invite you to
0: check it out. First 30 days is free. Right now. Go to com, K-E-R-R-I, Hummingbird.com, forward slash membership, and sign up. We'll We'll see you at our next tribe tribe gathering. gathering. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, to the great mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that lead us inexorably towards a new understanding of ourselves, towards exactly the person we needed to talk to right now because we're going through something. It's amazing how when you step into the mystery, life connects you to exactly what you need. I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird, And if you've been listening to me week after week, you know that I love these conversations. I love conversations about the unseen, world that is always helping us, that always shows up for us. I remember being in energy medicine school with the uh, Four Winds Light Body School and Alberto, saying, uh, Alberto Vialdo saying, hey, whenever you call to ask for help, they come. And so when they call you, you got to show up because you've been getting help this whole time. And now when they ask you to do something to help, then you got to do it. And that's kind of how this beautiful... <clears throat> reciprocity and synchronicity starts to happen in the world. And that's how we all help each other. We get guided. We get guided to help each other. And today I'm so excited because I met our guest years ago, right when I was at the beginning of my journey, and I walked into this conference room at the Be the Change conference in Austin, Texas. And I sat in this woman's class and I was like, oh my God, she's psychic. She probably can read all my thoughts it's really uncomfortable. I hope not going to think anything bad about her. I don't want her to be upset. (laughs) And today, if you're looking at the screen, you can see that our guest is Sunny Dawn Johnston. Welcome, Sunny. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) It was so funny. I was sitting there in your class and I'm like, Oh my God, I can feel all the angels that she's bringing into the class. I can feel them. This is so strange. I've never felt this before. I know she can read my mind. I have to be nice. Carrie, be nice. Don't say anything mean. Don't say anything mean. Don't say anything mean. You're so terrible, Carrie. Don't say anything mean. (laughs) Because that's where I was at the time. I was sitting in there and I was knowing that my thoughts, like I was so aware that my thinking was just like, needed to be elevated. Let's right. place it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let me tell you a little bit about Sunny Don Johnston. She is an acclaimed inspirational speaker, spiritual teacher, and psychic medium. She is the author of 20 books, including her flagship bestsellers, Invoking the Archangels, and The Love Never Ends, which have become the cornerstones for many of her keynote topics, such as intuition, mediumship, and the angelic realm. She's also the host of the Off the Cuff podcast. And I've been on that show. I'm so excited. It's like such an honor. And I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes so you guys can watch, over, watch and listen over there. And all of uh, Sunny's contact information is in the show notes. Just a little heads up, she does have a new course on intuition starting in February. Uh, 2022. So if you're watching this back way later from now, probably this is still a cornerstone of what she's doing. So you can still go to the same link and, and find the information. So wanted to introduce you, Sunny, and welcome to the show. When I heard you speak in Austin that day, at the very beginning of my spiritual journey, I had only been doing spiritual stuff for like a year. Okay. So I was really raw and new and I was all clogged up with, you know, thought. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't, you know, I was starting to become aware of what I didn't know, but only beginning, right? And I heard your story and you told a story at the time about your own awakening to the archangels and the power of the archangels. You talked about being in the hospital and being like at the end of the rope and saying, this is the only hope I have is to rely on these archangels to come and help me and heal me because I know otherwise I'm a goner. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about that experience and how that brought you to a greater understanding or greater connection with the spiritual realm?
1: Sure, sure, yeah. So, I was introduced to angels at the age of thirteen. I started having experiences, and and when I had just given birth to my first son, so I was I had just turned nineteen, and I had preeclampsia, which turned into eclampsia, and. So when I was in labor with him, I actually had a stroke. And so they did an emergency C-section and they took the baby and the baby was okay, but I was not. And I developed a very, very severe uh, infection where I had 106.3 degree temperature for three weeks and they couldn't get it to break. And, you know, that's brain damage time. And, you know, that, that's my excuse. <laughs> that's 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 <laughs> sometimes you never know about me. So, but you know, I was really, really a sick girl. And um, the doctors had come into my room one night and this was almost three weeks into it. And they said, you know, we, we've tried everything that we can try. We've done every sort of antibiotics, antibiotics that are so strong that just usually kill everything. Your body won't, won't respond. We aren't sure you're going to make it through the night. And um I, you know, I had given birth to my son, but my son had since gone to my mom's to live with him and her take care of him. And so I hadn't seen him since he was born. And that wasn't an option for me that pissed me off. And it said to me, okay, I, I, I got to fight for something because I really had been out of my body. Most of that three weeks, I, I was above my body witnessing what was happening to it, but not really in it. And I think that that conversation, you know, I was a teenager alone, listening to this, it caused me to go, Oh, okay, like, you need to do something. And I didn't really know what to do. But I knew enough to know that I could ask the angels for support. And I could ask for prayer and energy and love and and all of that. And as I did that, you know, my arms were strapped down because I had infection literally just oozing from my body from my knees to my to my breasts were just like green oozing infections. So my arms were strapped down because it was painful and it was itchy and and things like that. And so I kind of was already in a position to be like open, <laughs> you know, like I'm open. And what happened was Archangel Raphael appeared in my room and guided me to allow him to to bring this healing energy into my body. And and what I was guided to do was to breathe in this beautiful emerald green energy of healing. And with each breath in, I would say I am open to receive because i, I that was a struggle for me, being open to receive anything, help, a- anything. And so I would breathe that green energy in. And then when I would breathe out, I would literally see like, I don't know a word besides guck, like this black, tarry, brown, like just guck. And I did this for 12 hours. And then at the end of the twelve hours, I fell asleep. I was out. When I woke up the next morning, they came in and took my temperature, and it had broken. It hadn't broken for three weeks, and so that was really to me. It was a. I mean, everybody explained it as a miracle because they couldn't explain how that happened. They had taken me off the medications, so they take me off of everything, and then all of a sudden, I had this miraculous healing, and and my fever broke, and so. To me, that, that opened the door and it said, you know, I'd had all kinds of experience with angels already, but this one was life-saving and literally saved my life. And so I now know, and I've had a couple other experiences to save my life also, because apparently I'm a slow learner. That, you know, when when you ask for that help, just as you said earlier, it is received, it is there, it is given. And and then when they ask, it's time to show up too. And so I have. Not only received that help at that time, and then when I was asked at twenty-eight to start doing this work and make a difference in the world in this way, it was my turn to be there and to allow that energy to come to me and through me. So, so that was a, a, a an amazing, miraculous journey in connection with the angels, and um, and and has been a part of, of the angels have been a part of my life ever since.
0: That's so powerful, you know, because it's so tangible embodied and in a sense more real that way when you had that kind of extreme experience there's been moments i've had of mystical experiences where you wonder if it really happened Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know did that really happen is that really did i really feel that is that am i really getting that message because i can be a little bit i'd like to have more proof so
1: yeah, this was this was really grounded in my body, for sure. <laughs> Cannot mistake
0: proof, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, <laughs> talk about proof. So once you have that kind of proof, yeah, like you've got to really help others to see it too because sometimes the energies that are supporting us beyond the veil are so subtle and we're so noisy on the inside. And one of the messages that's been coming through me Well, there's so many messages coming through, but one of them that's coming through is about overstimulation because I work a lot with the indigenous Carol people from Peru and also the indigenous people from Mexico, the Huixacada, and all of them in their own ways, they all have their different customs and belief systems. But the commonality is that they're in harmony with earth. They're, they're relaxed, they're, they're tuned in. They don't seem to be worried about time the way that we do in Western culture. They don't really do a lot of television and social media and blinking lights and all that kind of stimulation. They have a much more grounded relationship with the earth. And because of that, they're more, I think, attuned and less clogged up with, like they're operating from their higher mind. Sure. You know, so they're able to pick up these messages mm-hmm. and know what's going on and follow the synchronicities kind of in that dream state. But we in the Western world, we, we're not, that's a journey for us. Like that's our journey to get there. Yeah. So, and it sounds like you had, you were brought to this extreme place where you had to make a choice and, and really clear yourself of that congestion of overstimulation and mind.
1: And and, and not just once.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Multiple Be times. Clear. It just, it just didn't happen once because that's the journey, right? And so it was it was a consistent kind of um, okay, well, let me see, let me maybe I can sink back into some of these things and 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 put myself in these situations because of my value and my esteem was not, you know, at a healthy place. And and I really think that, you know, as you were talking about that and your connection to the indigenous cultures, I think one of the things that people are starting to become aware of, or at least some people are, is our nervous systems were not designed to manage all that we in this Western culture manage all of the social media and the ding ding dings and the, and the notifications on your phone and the phones ringing and the all the electron, like our nervous systems were not designed for this. And so we are absolutely overstimulated. And because we're overstimulated, we're disconnected to that source energy, the grounded energy, the earth, the, the spirit, the connection there, because everything is taking place here. And so we're using this as kind of our guide for everything, instead of really tapping into that heart space and the body to listen to the the messages that are coming through, through mother earth and through that, that connection to, to spirit. And, and so I think that it's, it's, it's difficult being in, being in this society and not being of the society. And it's finding that harmony to honor, you know, what grounds us and what centers us and what helps us create that, that connection and be able to filter. And it's not, it's not easy to do because we've never We've never had to do it before. Not in this way, not, not how we are now.
0: Yeah, and our survival really depends upon us leaning into this new skill for Western people of quieting down, getting connected back to the earth and listening for those messages and guidances that can actually lead us to sustainability on this planet. You know, like our kind of rapid pace, like just go, 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 like quick, make a decision. We're only gonna make a decision that is useful for five minutes. And we're not really concerned about what happens 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 years down the road. We're getting ourselves backed into a corner. We have to slow down and get connected to the wisdom that comes through the earth to help us to find these answers. But, you know, I think one of the things that gets in the way of that connection with earth is some of the programming. I would love for you to talk about some of the programming, like religious programming, that keeps people afraid of the earth while, you know, embracing the angels. But I mean, it's my understanding that all of it's this world. It's just one, one being, right? Like we're just one giant being that is one. And then we're just like this little fractal reflection of the one, right? So we're just, we're all the same thing, really. And this is our planet. So if we reject our bodies, isn't it possible that by rejecting our bodies out of fear, or rejecting the earth out of fear, we're actually rejecting our bodies, and then that's why we get sick too?
1: Well, uh, certainly, one affects the other, affects the other. And you know, it was, I was blessed to not be raised in a religious foundation that that called me into you know having to believe or see things a certain way. However, I was raised in an environment where everyone around me was religious and 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 strongly religious in the. Um, in the Mormon culture. And, you know, what I seem to have, have kind of gleaned from what I learned was that you were meant to be afraid of everything. Anything that wasn't um, told to you was uh, fear-based. So unless you followed exactly what was said, you couldn't make choices and decisions for yourself. And I think that that's pulled us away from that knowingness, that connection to ourselves, which is the connection to the spirit, which is the oneness, which means that that we're all sisters and brothers in connection and and reflection of each other. And so I think that on a large scale, on on the bigger picture, that's what religion for a lot of people has done is it wasn't a harmony to find the balance between what we're taught and then what we're experiencing and, and what we know within. It was do this and disregard this. And I think that that's where people have such a conflict because then they disregard the need to connect with the body. And whether that's in the way they identify sexually, whether it's in the the, the way they feel in their body, whether it's the way that the intuition is coming through their body, it's just literally, and, and I was one of these, just disconnected from the body. And so, you know, connecting with the earth, like that wasn't even a thing in my growing up. It was, yeah, I'd go outside, go for a walk, you know, but it wasn't ever a... Go like connect with the trees, you know, go outside and the rock. I lived in the base of the Rocky Mountains, like go outside and appreciate that. That was never a thing that was ever suggested or taught ever. And so um, now when I go to, you know, my son just moved from there again, but go to the Rocky Mountains, it's like, oh, connect with that earth energy and that groundedness and feel that strength and that power. And but it's something that wasn't taught. So I had to, therefore, unlearn the teaching and then learn the connection.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the place that many people find themselves in now because, you know, our survival really depends on us connecting with the earth, like learning how she works and that she's, she's in our bodies. How can she not be? Cause we're made of her. So we have to kind of get along with her. And it's interesting because that first step, I was just doing a little recording about this overstimulation thing and how it causes your body to go into the adrenals just get so activated and you just can't rest and you get sick. And that's why so many mental illness, illnesses are from that. And, you know, things designated as mental illnesses are actually just overstimulation and lack of grounding and connection with the earth. That's all it really is. Same with disease. All of that is the same thing. It's too much stress. And so it's interesting. Um, Even going outside and going barefoot, like this whole like forest bathing movement and uh, going outside and just being in nature and being barefoot on the ground and all of that, that's like step one. But then there's this whole step that goes like down in in the Sacred Valley. They talk to the mountains, like they talk to the plants, they talk to the animals, like they are able to communicate with all of life, like all of my relations, which is the indigenous way. So like you're saying, the more you tune your energy to anything, the more you appreciate anything. Like you appreciate the archangels, they show up. You appreciate the mountains, they show up. You know, whatever you appreciate shows up, right? Well, and there's connection with all. It's it, we're
1: all connected, so there is no separation. Or and all living beings, all living, everything that's living is in connection with us. And so when we recognize that we can source energy and we can, and we can have reflection from, we can get guidance from all of these, you know, yes, the angels and our spirit guides and our deceased loved ones and the plants and the trees and the mountains and the rocks. And like all of that is, that's why so many people, I mean, there is a beautiful connection that's happening. I'm seeing more and more people that are what I would say more mainstream people that are connecting with crystals, but not even understanding why they're connecting with them. You know, they're like, Oh, this is so pretty. Eh, it's not about pretty promise, right? Like it's, it's an expansiveness. And so, and that step, that's a step for them, right? The grounding, like you were saying, going outside and, you know, feet on the ground that, that's something that is helping people to understand that connection and noticing how, oh, I feel a little calmer. Oh, I feel a little more centered. Oh, I can hug this tree and that, that is, it actually does something. It shifts something inside of me. So, you know, we are, we are on our way, but we got a ways to go.
0: Yeah, and and one of the first steps is actually getting in your body, right? Because your body's giving you constant clues and information when you're connected and embracing your body, right? And being connected with the earth, you get messages from the earth through your body. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and the body is—you know—is
1: we're we're looking at intuition. The body is the greatest oracle. Everything that you are connecting with intuitively is happening in your body. You're seeing, you're feeling, you're knowing, you're hearing, you're sent is all happening in the body. So the body is the the oracle for you. And when we listen to that body and we're in tune with that body, then we can receive higher, greater guidance. When we're disconnected from it, which I spent a lot of my life being disconnected from it because I didn't like it because it let me down because I almost died. And so I had all these different experiences that created separation for me instead of coming together and saying, um, oh, my body is actually my best friend. And it will teach me everything that I need to learn. And it also tells me if I'm out of alignment, if I'm not being honest with myself, if I am holding emotions in a particular area, then it shows up through illness or disease. Like you were saying, the stress, the stress manifests in particular areas. And oftentimes there's emotion that's wound up in that, that if we unwind it, then the, then the illness, disease, diagnosis can be released from the body. So the body's miraculous. It's amazing what what it does under pressure.
0: Imagine what it would be like if it didn't have so much pressure. Yeah. Imagine what would happen if it's, if your body wasn't under so much inflammation, stress and disharmony. And this is what I've been experiencing. And I know that you experience as well is an opening to this. And then when I spend time with indigenous people that live all the time close to the earth and they're not under any of this kind of stress, they have really open perception and they they get all, they're open hearted. They're more generous because because they have more to give because they're not all stressed out.
1: Yeah. You well, know? and their life force energy is flowing. You know, it's not stuck in different areas and, and trying to figure it out. It's just, it's in flow. It's in harmony. It's it, it's It's
0: in nature. This is what it talks about in the Celestine Prophecy book, which I love, which is all, it's a story based in Peru, but it's also about this whole energy exchange. Is that, you know, when you start to open up your intuition, part of the first learning is also about like how we interact with other people energetically. It's that awareness of how energetically we maintain ourselves. And in relationship, you know, that sense of um, abundance can happen simply from knowing that your energy is flowing free and clear, like you were just talking about.
1: Absolutely. And, and, and we have that ability always. We're the ones that put the stoppers on it. We're the ones that cork it up and we don't do it consciously most of the time we don't really know but if we learn how to do it different then we can actually have that flow so anytime that you feel out of alignment or off of off of that flow or things just keep not working out then to stop and say okay is there something going on within me um, within my physical body is my body trying to tell me something is nature showing me a way that i could release some of this so that the flow can continue because we're meant to be life force energy is meant to flow. It's not meant to stop and start, stop and start and stop and start. It's not how it's designed.
0: Yeah. And it's not just life force. I mean, it's life force energy and it impacts your body. It also is your ability to show up in a conversation without any like pre-planning or like figuring it all out in advance because you're actually listening. You're doing such a great, because this is why Sunny Dawn Johnson, she does like the off the cuff because she can. Because when you're tapped into your intuition and you're tapped into that flow and you're and you learn how to listen within that whole like figuring it out part, just kind of you know you just get into the flow and and what is natural comes out of your mouth and it usually is pretty smart. Well, and and because then you're just trusting the flow. You're not trying to. No, I gave up a long time ago, and
1: I was somebody that liked to have a plan, like organize, (laughs) I like to know what was going to happen. That was for sure my nature. And but what I realized is in my need or my, my inability to let go and my need to control things that I didn't allow the magic of spirit to happen. There was no space for the magic to take place because I had things figured out down to the minutes and down to the hours. And, 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 and that was such a, for me, I took great, like that brought me comfort and it made me feel good about myself. Like, look how organized I am. i put together. I got all my shit together. Like I'm good. And then then spirit came in and <laughs> started teaching me that and mostly taught me through my oldest son that um, you can't control any of the things you think you are. You're trying to make it look that way, but that is not what's happening. And, and so I had to work and I have worked for, for the majority of my adult life to be able to let go of that control and just be able to trust that in that present moment, like just like for this interview and in this present moment that. Wherever the conversation goes is exactly what's needed for me, for you, for the audience. And that I don't have to have any papers in front of me or any preparation because then it can be in flow and the highest, greatest good and information can come through. Versus if I have an agenda that I want to get to, then everything is being pulled and kind of pushed in a way that is moving to that particular message. And to me, that is so out of integrity. It's just, it's just not. It's not, it's not my gig. I don't like it. So
0: I just show up and I say, whatever wants to come through. You know, I'm so pulled by what you said about your son, because of course I have, I have two sons. One of them is my unicorn son and he's a beautiful being. And he has been my greatest teacher. Tell us a little bit, you know, for the moms in the audience, because I have a bunch of moms in the audience. I also have leaders in the audience, people that are trying to lead, you know, people that are awakening, being healers, mentors, things like that. What do you recommend for people in that spot, especially women? You know, I, I've noticed this, like, need for a PhD and all this kind of stuff to kind of, you know, prove the worth. Or The society still relies on these, like, paper and intellectual things to prove that you know what you're talking about. But I've experienced that this, this whole opening <laughs> – Is like more like me allowing spirit to use me as a library, like, and then speak through me. I think it's about trusting ourselves. You know, I think it's really about trusting ourselves to lead in the moment. We're so much unknown entering 2022. Like the whole landscape with the great awakening is just like, who knows? You know, none of us really know what's going to happen. We have, we, we can see this far, all of us. I don't think anybody can see long, long term right now. We wouldn't be here if we could. So what do we do, Sunny Dot? Tell us. Yes. Well, I mean, I think, I think when we're talking about children, you
1: know, my son, he's 31 now and um, has three kids of his own and is in a, in a much, much better place. But we had a lot of challenge, a lot, a lot, a lot of challenge. And he was my, my greatest teacher. And I think that, you know, what, I, what he's taught me the most is, number one, how to love myself because I loved him more than I loved me. And that didn't allow me to do a very good job of managing my energy, creating boundaries, maintaining those boundaries, trusting myself. Um, So I put my time and energy and money and resources all into helping or fixing or healing, whichever word you want to use, because I use different ones at different times, him. And in that, lost sight of the fact that um, some of this is likely about me. And it wasn't until um, he was 10 and uh, he'd gone to stay with my parents because my parents were the only people that could ever watch him. He couldn't be watched by somebody else. He was just, you know, he was diagnosed with all kinds of things. And uh, when I was pregnant with him, I had toxemia, preeclampsia, eclampsia. So I was on a lot of medications and, and they for sure affected his mental health and, um, and the emotions. I will take credit for that was, was certainly the house that he lived in was not in harmony. And, um, and so when he was 10, I had to stay with my parents and he decided to um, light my dad's speaker on fire, and um, my brother's mattress, just to see what they were made of inside. And it didn't cause a big fire; it was just a little deal. But they were not happy about it, and so they said, "You know, come home and get your your son, and and come back and get your son." And my mom said to me, "You know, if you don't do something about him, he's going to end up in prison." And my mom was a person that was like my cheerleader and my support, and she knew that I had taken him to thousands of appointments for all different kinds of help and healing over the last ten years, and. So for her to say, you know, if you don't do something about him. And so I sat and cried for like four hours. And then I heard a voice say, it's not about him. It's about you.
0: And I was like, tell me more about that. Cause I'm in a similar, you know, I've been walking a similar path and, you know, trying to find that line of Mm -hmm. how to be a supportive guide and mentor for him, but not fix it and not clean it up and not do it for him and not give him all the the stuff like this is the boundary it's so hard talk more about how you navigated that because it's really hard for moms especially if you love your
1: kids you do you do and sometimes you love them too much you overlove them that's what I was doing and so you know he was 10 and so when I had that realization it's not about him it's about you I was like well that's dumb he's the one that's got all the behaviors not me I'm fine you know I'm just trying to organize and make sure everything's fine and then and then spirit really just got into me that my way of um, my control was a part of the problem and not letting him have accountability and not requiring myself to have to show up for myself. I just showed up for him. He was my distraction. He was my excuse. He was the problem. He was, the ch- it was all of those things. And so over the next 20 years, which were not easy, I discovered that most of, I didn't do a good job at it. Uh, I didn't. And About four years ago, he went through a really rough patch and he was suicidal. And my spirit said to me, look over your life. And so I, I, you know, okay, look at my life and look at how much attention you've spent on him your entire life. And so for 20, this was when he was 26 or so, 25, 27, um, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like most of my attention in my life has been on him. And that wasn't his fault. It was my responsibility. And when I discovered that, and they said, you need to shift your attention. You get to choose where to put your attention and your attention you always put on him and it's not his fault. And so I realized that and that um, started to help me to recognize the amount of life force energy that I was projecting onto him to, for him to, what pressure that was for him to have to be a certain way. And I never, claimed it as a way of looking at things. He didn't have to be anything particular, but just my expectation of here's all this energy all the time. Attention, attention, attention was such a responsibility for him that he couldn't handle it either. And when he didn't handle it, then I would just take care of it. So it was a very unhealthy um, enmeshed relationship. But that day I was driving to Mexico and then I turned it around and literally within Several months of that experience, my son turned around and he had life changing experiences and literally like 360 degree shift or maybe that's called 180. 180.
0: 180 yeah. Let's hope it's 180.
1: Let's yeah. not do 360. Let's do 180. A 180 <laughs> yeah. Degree shift to where he was appreciative and he could see all those things. And what it was for me was I was loving, I was over loving him to a point that there was nothing that he, he didn't need anything from me. He didn't, he didn't have to show up in any way to have to take care of. Like I just kept doing, 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 and it was robbing him from his experience and his life force energy.
0: Oh my gosh. A hundred
1: percent, um, different relationship. And I've taken the opportunity to be able to apologize for the things I didn't know, um, and be able to have that really open communication, but still have boundaries that we both need as just human beings in a world, right? But it was not an easy journey, but I would say it's probably the greatest experience and lessons that I've had in my life.
0: Powerful. I am so resonating with everything you're saying. Like you could be talking about my relationship with my son. I have two sons. I have a younger son. He's doing great. I do too. The younger son's fine, but he's just like, dude, I've had to do everything myself because your focus has always been over here. So I just learned I had to take care of myself. And so we've had this whole thing over the last couple of years of just coming back, my younger son and I just going, you know what? You're right. You know, and there was a lot of pain there, you know, that he had that I was always focused over here. And it was always, you know, and this is another pattern that I had. And I don't know if anybody else or if you resonate with this one, but it's like thinking that it's a problem, like it shouldn't be so, you know, like he should be like, you know, getting really good grades and just completely productive and like fitting this mold of like, you know, that's a society kind of hands down, like, and then at some point during my healing of the mother wound and all this, because this happened like a couple of years, a few years ago, my dad passed away. Anyway, long story short, my dad passed away and I just was like, I had to become responsible like overnight because I was always had a net, a safety net. And all of a sudden I didn't really have that net because me and my mom were always a little bit rocky and I had to do this healing. And I realized, Oh my gosh, Gary, like you're doing this. You're creating this reality. Like this story that there's a problem with how it is, is what's causing him to react to feeling like he's a problem. And it's the same dynamic that I have with my mom because she always thought there was something wrong with me and I had to fix it. And I got into this whole cycle in my whole life of like trying to fix myself. Like it just went down the family line and I passed it on and I didn't even see that I was passing it on by being the way I was being. And, you know, I think that there's like, there's, anyway, there's different parents and different approaches. And in my case, I felt like I wanted to be supportive because my dad was always supportive. He was unconditionally loving, but my dad had boundaries and my dad, he would always mentor, but he wouldn't always like tell, he wouldn't tell you what to do. You'd have to figure out yourself what to do. He'd never tell you what to do. And uh, so I've started emulating that, like, I'm not going to fix this. And we just had a big thing happen over the last month or so that I didn't fix. And it was so, oh my gosh, it was my initiation of not fixing it. I was like up late at night. I was like a terrified at moments, like, and I'm not going to fix this. I'm really terrified. I'm not going to fix this. What if, what if this, what if that, what if the other thing, it was hard to it let is, go.
1: It is hard. I did that with my son as well. And I think that and, and I had the same thing. I have a younger son that was easy. And so it was, he just he just raised himself. He didn't need my attention, my love, my, my, in, in the way that my other son did because he had so many problems. and And it for sure affected that as well. And we've had conversations about that also. And so I think that one of the things for parents that are struggling in circumstances like this, and the thing that I learned to echo what you said was, you know, I was always trying to find help for him. And in trying to find that help, taking him to different healers, um, different therapies, different, all from a place of love, it reinforced every time that we went to one that something was wrong with him. And that was ultimately something I had no realization that I was doing that until he was 10 years old. At 10, I realized it, but I had already done it for five years. I mean, we're talking three appointments a week with all different kinds of therapists because he wasn't normal and he wasn't normal. And he wasn't like the average kid. And and now I see how that has worked out in his favor for the most part. But at the time, it caused a lot of conflict. It caused challenges in the school system and the education system. It didn't fit in. He was causing problems. He was behaving, you know, outside of the way that they, that was acceptable. And I just wanted him to be like he was supposed to be. I so know that feeling. It's supposed to be spirit, but it's supposed to be in the idea in my box, right? And when we give them that freedom, then they can just be who they are. when we uh, uh, release that attachment to looking a particular way. So if you have young kids, then it's a completely different thing than when you have adult children. Because when you have adult children, we already did a bunch of the stuff to screw them up. Like, so now we got to unscrew it up and do the best we can and recognize that, you know what, as parents, we're always doing the best we can with what we know at the time. And- when we recognize that we could have done something different we need to own it
0: we need to own it exactly and take full responsibility for yeah. it and i feel even as um you know part of the mother wound work was like take responsibility for your own life journey like that's what i did i took responsibility for how my mom raised me i was like well that's now mine because right. it's i signed up for this <laughs> you know i came right. in i said she looks like a good one to have a, to be my mother and right. she is mm-hmm. it's just that she taught me like, I like to call it coyote medicine because it's not straightforward. It's not like, oh, you know, June Cleaver is like, you know, baking quiz or whatever. It's not like that. The lessons I learned from my mom were gritty and challenging and, and made me powerful. Mm-hmm. It took me half a lifetime to get there to integrate all that. But here I am today. And part of why I'm standing here today as the person I am is because I had the mother I had. Right, yeah. Sometimes we have
1: parents that, Some teach us the the love, the the really kind, pretty way. And some teach us the really hard, difficult, not so pretty way. I had one mother that my mother did it. My dad was the the one that didn't teach me the the easy way and the hard way and the difficult way and the ugly way and the painful way. But both taught and both have value. Um, It's just recognizing that once we're adults, it doesn't matter what they did. It's time for us to take responsibility. And once our children are adults, it's time for them to take responsibility.
0: Absolutely. So when you get messages about this unknown territory that we're entering in now for the great awakening, what message, cause I know it's about taking responsibility. That's definitely one of the key messages I've got. What other messages or guidance do you have pe- to share with people? We just have a few minutes left, but what, what do you have to share with people as guidance?
1: I think that that's been one of the strongest messages: of personal responsibility, not expecting somebody else to take care of you, not expecting somebody else to fix Whatever it is that they that's seemingly broken, but personal responsibility in every area of our lives. Not because we're supposed to do things alone, because I think that's how people think. Well, then I, I'm on my own. I can't have support. I can't. Have, no, not because we're supposed to do it alone, but because we're supposed to take responsibility for where we are so then we can move forward with support and, and help and all of the other stuff. So I think personal responsibility, number one. I think the other thing that's been so strong in the messages that I receive is Honoring where everyone is. Everyone has an opinion about what everybody's thinking or believing or doing or not doing or should do or shouldn't have done or did do or didn't do. And, and the problem is that they're not honoring that we were not meant to come to this planet to all be the same, to have, you know, we're not the same religions, we're not the same sex, we're not the same, same color, we're not the same beings. We all have the same belief system. We're not, we're never supposed to. We're supposed to be here to learn how to love, not in spite of, but because of. And so honoring that, you know, people have beliefs on a variety of political beliefs, educational beliefs, whatever the beliefs are, not having to make people believe the same way you do in order to respect them, to respect life in its form that it is showing up in and knowing that that person serves a purpose and value also, regardless if you understand it or not, because just because something doesn't work for you does not mean it's wrong for someone else and vice versa. And we, as a society, we have lost that for the most part.
0: Yeah, because because we are in so much conflict and judgment about others. And and that just comes from insecurity about ourselves, right? It comes from insecurity, because I feel like when you know yourself in truth, then you can be much more generous with other people. When you've actually, like when I've accepted all my faults, I was guided to write my very expose books, you know, Awakening to Me and all that. I shared my whole sordid story. It brought me to a place of humility. Like, you know what? And my son helped to bring me to a place of humility too, like you were talking about. I had to face my inner narcissist mother, like, oh, I don't, I want everyone to think that I'm like the perfect mother. And like, he has to prove it to them. Like, No, he doesn't, you know, and, and it's not his job. It's my job to be comfortable with what I did. And if I'm not comfortable with it, it's my job to clean it up. So, yeah, I feel like that's huge. Like well, respecting that's why that's why, right? People are having the problems
1: because they're not taking personal responsibility. They're using right. blame. And as long as we're blaming somebody else for anything in our life, then our power is in their hands and our healing is in their hands. So everyone that's projecting that out onto the people that they don't like so much are actually giving their power to those people. So we just keep throwing power instead of owning our own and saying, okay, you get to choose what you choose and I can honor that. And we can find a way to live together and still be able to honor our own beliefs and our own ways of, of seeing things. And that ultimately I think is what is happening right now. And I had hoped that two years into this that we would have gotten it and we're slow learners.
0: Yeah, we are. We're patients. But I do have faith because <laughs> I do believe. That we
1: can one day come together and recognize that you know, bottom line is most people, most people, no matter what their beliefs are, they're really coming from a place of their desire and expression. Their belief that what they feel like is true for them is coming from a loving place. It just isn't look doesn't look the same way as yours or mine or whoever is across the street. Um, but they're not usually coming from a place of I just want to harm everybody in the world. It's because that's their belief based on their experience. And we've all had different experiences. So we're not supposed to be the same. We never were, we never are supposed to be too, and we shouldn't have to be.
0: Yeah, we're not the same. Unique thumbprints. So that's right. Exactly. That's right. So, yes. um, okay, I have one little weird question for you and then we'll wrap up. Do you, I always wondered, and I want to get your take since you work with the archangels. Are the archangels the same as the four directions? Like, is that, what that is like is it the same energetic the four directions of this planet and the archangels like holding down? This- I think that I think that if you're looking
1: at religious based, different angels align with different um, with the different directions. Um, on a religious basis, I wasn't taught that way. So when I experienced the angels, it, they, they came through to me in frequency and vibration, not with any kind of religious focus. So it didn't come in as north, east, west, south. But in, in, I believe it's the, the Catholic religion, they do have, um, and I don't know the directions because I'm not Catholic, but I think like Michael is to your right and. And so that would be, you know, East or West and, and North and South. So I think that that's kind of where it came from. But in my experience, no, the angelic realm, they can align with any, you can find commonality where their energy could support different areas. But as far as coming from kind of the way that I was trained, there wasn't anything that, that put them
0: one responsible for one, one direction or another. Okay, cool. I just was curious about that. Cause I, my mind is always trying to understand how all this stuff works. <laughs> well, that, and that's the problem with angels. There's a lot of not understanding. There's a whole lot yeah. of not understanding what the heck is going on. That's all right, right. So we're going to wrap up. I know that I'm going to refer people to your off-the-cuff podcast. Do you want to say just a couple of words about your new course on intuition so they know um, what that's all about?
1: Sure. Sure. So, um, you know, this the, the year I um, was, my angels guided me to create a, a program that actually would be light, fun lighthearted, playful, to help people get out of all the heaviness and density that we've been in and create connection and community. And so I created a, a community called 365 Intuition 365. And what it is, is this is about an intuition class every day. I mean, every week. And then there's intuition exercises throughout the day, along with opportunities to connect and practice all kinds of intuitive skills with guest teachers and things like that, and so it's a monthly fee, and then you can opt out if you don't like it, but it's, it's continual experience so that we can get into the energy of fun and play and connect with the only thing that we can really ever truly, truly rely on if we're taking personal responsibility, which is our own connection to source. And, uh, and so that's what this community is about. And I'm really excited. It starts um, um, in February, and I'm really excited about
0: it. That's fantastic. I love that. That sounds very exciting. It sounds fun to you. Awesome. All right. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on the show. I want to encourage everybody. Hey, if you've heard a message here that you want to share with somebody else, please do share it out because take that engagement, take that action and help spread the message. You know, that's if you're called to do it, go ahead, share it out, like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. And, um, we're going to give you kisses now. (laughs) Uh Here come the kisses. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love you guys. And we'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now. Thanks, guys. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Soul Nectar Show, awake awake, Soul Soul Nectar. Nectar Show. Take a Soul from the Nectar of Nectar. From the